It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is, is the Go Birds Podcast. Go Birds podcast presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore, Parks, and I taking a break from being obsessed with college hoops to actually talk some Eagles today, right, Elliot? <laughs> well, I feel like we've honestly lost so many bets that it's at this point, rough. it's it's not so much a break. It's just like it's taking, you know, a break from beating, our, you know, just being completely and irrelevantly <laughs> yes, sad yes, about our bets. Yes. We've been giving a lot of our money to the Parks Casino. Uh, we'll yes. win it back, though. I believe in us. We'll win it back, and we'll talk more tournament yeah. later in the week and all that kind of stuff. But um, we'll win it back, Elliot. I believe in us. We will. We will. So yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here, James, right now. It's 2 o'clock on a Tuesday, watching the Justin Fields Pro Day. <laughs> Sounds like a hell of a Tuesday, buddy. Feeling feeling just very conflicted, to be quite honest. So the, the timing of the pod is good because I was – I already fired off a tweet saying I think he's going to be the best quarterback in the draft, and I feel strongly about that. But the question is, and I know we're going to, we're going to get in some different things, so I don't want to hijack it. But man, Justin Fields, I think is going to be so good. And it's just, what do you do if you're the Eagles? But I guess now that they're back from twelve, it doesn't matter as much. But just feeling very emotionally conflicted right now. Yeah, look, you know, I, I think that somehow, some way, and again, this is one of those things where we hear all this stuff before the draft and then on draft night it doesn't always go the way that people think or certainly the way mock drafts say it will or whatever so who knows Justin Fields could be the third big in the draft we have no idea but from what we're hearing and what it seems it seems like he's the fifth out of the five quarterbacks and it's, which is wild it's insane somehow this guy became the most underrated player in the draft like again I know I've said this before but was a five-star recruit out of high school right there with Trevor Lawrence and all ahead of did, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, ahead of Trevor of, Lawrence. And all he did is be awesome at Ohio State. Like I don't I don't get it really, but yeah, I'm with you, Elliot. Look, if Justin Fields falls and he's sitting there at twelve, all of a sudden it's a very interesting situation. I still think he'll go earlier. I still think a lot of this is, you know, smoke that we hear well, around the let draft. Me ask, but... Let me ask you this. I don't think he's gonna be there at twelve. I think that's probably not gonna happen. But if he gets past the Panthers at seven. So then At it's, eight. you know, Denver. Eight. Panthers are eight. Oh, yeah, sorry, eight, correct. Who's seven off the top of my head? Seven is Detroit, I think. Maybe? Detroit, yes, Detroit. Yeah. If, if he gets back past Detroit and he gets past Carolina at eight, 
then it's 9, 10, 11 of teams that probably don't need quarterbacks. Well, Denver, Denver, might Denver yeah, I could see Denver. I guess, yeah, that's true, actually. I mean, what would you trade up for him? I mean, look, <laughs> wouldn't it be something if the, right Eagles just traded, right if the Eagles traded the pick they just got to move back up to like nine or something would be hilarious. Well, you probably would only hilarious. trade like a no, third I know, or something. I know, I know. Look, I, I don't think they're going to. I don't think this conversation really matters. I think there is no – I think – if they were going to do something like that, I don't think they would have made this trade this far out from the draft, you know? Um, yeah. But, but look, I, 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 on in a vacuum, I think Justin Fields is a better prospect than Jalen Hurts. So, like, I'd rather have Justin Fields than Jalen Hurts, but then you get into everything else involved, what it costs to trade up and, you know, all that type of stuff. So, so in a yeah. basic level, yeah, I think Justin, I like Justin Fields more than Jalen Hurts, but I don't think it's going to matter. Just out of curiosity, how much more? Because I Not I like, like Justin Fields a lot. Amount. I like Jalen Hurts a lot too. That's though. why. I like Jalen Hurts, it seems more than, you know, the people are like, oh, he's second round grade in this draft or whatever. Like I don't I don't I think he's better than that. We've seen him do things yeah. in the NFL. But I, I I think based on upside and potential, I think I would take Fields. But I'm with you. It's not like a home run slam dunk, no doubt about it decision. Right. Which is why I think almost you're better off taking someone at twelve, but I don't know. It's tough. And look, the Eagles might have already made the decision by the fact that they moved down. But just just watching it reminds me of a week and a half ago. We were still talking quarterbacks and feeling feeling nostalgic. I know what a time it was, right? Well, let let's yeah. let's pivot then because you and I have spent a lot of time talking about the six pick, talking about whether they're going to take quarterback, this or that, all that stuff. Well, now we know, and we've you know done pods reacting to the trade, done a pod in a show, but we haven't really. Talked about the 12th pick because now that's where the Eagles are and assuming they're not jumping back up or whatever and who knows, maybe they trade back again. I don't know, but if they stay at 12, Elliot, let, let's let's talk a little bit about this pick because we have a whole new group of names to look at and some of the names from before might fall back, all that, but we've been locked in on either a quarterback or Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase and now those guys are almost definitely, I know you think Chase theoretically could be there, but very, very, very likely to be gone yeah, before unlikely. the Eagles pick. So let's get into 12. Elliot, let's let's talk about some of the options and then philosophically what we think how he's going to do, but right off the top just just when you and you're you know you do the mock drafts for the site, all this type of stuff, who are the names at 12 that seem the most likely? It's a good question. So most likely for the Eagles, I I'm I'm wondering if even 12 is too high for them to want to spend on like a receiver and who knows? We'll see. I mean, I think that the best player on the board is probably going to be a receiver. So Jalen Waddle, I think there's a, ch a chance he'll be there. If he's not there, then that probably means Devonta Smith is there. So I think then you have the option at, at one of two, at one of those two receivers, uh, Patrick Sertain, I think Detroit could take him at seven. So maybe he doesn't make it all the way down there. Dallas obviously always seems to need help, especially on defense, but in the secondary. So he, he could go there. But I would like Patrick Sertain at 12 as well. Micah Parsons, someone who some people talked about taking at six, which always felt way too high for me. He probably makes it to 12. Although, again, I think Detroit at seven. Detroit at seven is a real wild card because they could take a receiver. They could take defense. For some reason, their head coach, Dan Campbell, to me, I know he's an offensive player, but he strikes me more as a get get a defensive guy to set the tone. So they definitely need a receiver, but I think defense is a possibility there. So I guess Micah Parsons, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, Patrick Sertain, J.C. Horn. Um, you know he wasn't in discussions at number six, but he's somebody that at number twelve is. I don't know if I want to say he's a reach. I don't think reach is the right word, but he's definitely more along the lines of like. 10 to 20 ish range than he was inside of the top 10. So I could see him falling a little bit past 12, but if you like him, then you could take him at 12. So definitely a lot more, more options at 12, uh, as opposed to, like you said, just our boy Jamar chase and uh, Kyle Pitts. Yeah. And then also the, the trenches, I mean, Rashawn Slater, a name you'll hear offensive tackle from Northwestern, uh, defensively. And look, it seems like, and again, don't, you know, get too fooled by mock drafts. Cause Every year, whether it's like Cle I remember Cleveland Farrell a few years ago, the Raiders, you know, that guy was like in the twenties yep. in every mock draft. He went the fourth pick in the draft. So the draft is not gonna match up with the mock draft. And the edge rushers for the most part are being mocked later than the twelfth pick. But a guy like Gregory So, a guy like Quiddy Pay, like those are guys who we know Howie Roseman. We know that he loves the trenches. So I would not rule out those pass rushers, even if it's a reach. Howie has shown that he doesn't care 
what reaches are are and are not, right? I mean, Jalen Rager last year was a reach, especially after Jalen Je- after Justin well, Jefferson on the board. He was a reach. He was a reach. There is no question. Nah, look, I, I if they take that's... one of these guys, it's the same type of reach. It's someone who's expected to go 10 picks later going at the 12 pick. Like, this is not – I'm not saying they're going to take someone out of the first – I mean, like, look, if you look at Jeremiah's top – Top 50, he's got Rousseau at 13, he's got Pay at 14, so it's not like, I'm not talking like right. crazy out of the world reaches, but reaches compared to where people thought they would go. So, look, I That's fair. I, I think a lot of Eagles fans are looking at this now and hoping it's Smith or Waddle. I, I know I am. I look at it and I say, alright, you know what, I wanted Jamar Chase, but I can move back to 12 and I can still get Smith or Waddle. I just, and you alluded to it before, I just don't get the feeling, have the feeling, whatever it is, that Howie Roseman's going to take a wide receiver there, Elliot. Yeah, I mean, they did just use a first-round pick on one, uh, obviously a bit later. It's a tough it's a tough decision because, look, they have, on one hand, they have a lot of holes that they need to fill. I mean, I think you can make an argument they could draft almost any position there at 12. And I do think that the guy you take at 12, you don't need to worry about fit. Like, don't take a guy... Don't don't take someone off your board simply because maybe he doesn't fit well with Jalen Rager or, you know, you have Jordan Mailata. Like, I, you take those things into consideration somewhat, but ultimately they just need to make sure they come away with an elite-level player. And f- from that perspective, when you look at number 12, I mean, is there a position? You said everyone's hoping they take receiver. I think that's probably a fair assessment. But where do you fall in terms of, like, positional value versus taking the best guy? I mean, because that's the thing that Howie's going to have to – you know, uh, debate there. Yeah. And look, I, I, and it's an important question. I am in the first round. I am a, a big believer in taking the best player there. And again, and yeah. we've, we've alluded to this. And, and the thing that we talked about with the six pick is still true at the 12 pick that look, the Eagles have a lot of needs ultimately on a basic level, dumbing it down as dumb as you can get. They just have to hit like whatever position they take, the guy has to be good. That's it. Like that's the single most important thing. Even if it's Micah Parsons, who I I think there's almost no chance it will be unless the Eagles just philosophically have completely changed what they believe. I don't think it'll be Micah Parsons. But even if it is, like as long as Micah Parsons turns into an awesome player in the NFL, that's okay. Like they have so many needs that I don't think you can look go into this and say like, well. That's not as important a position. We don't. This guy's not quite as good a football player, but let's go with him. That's the problem that's gotten them. In, in, that's the trouble they've gotten into in the past. And look again right. last year, and also like you talked about, looking at Jalen Rager and saying, "Well, he might not be as as good a football player as Justin Jefferson, but he fits what we need." Like, no, no, don't do that either. Like, take the best damn football player on the board. That's it. That's what they have to do. So I heard you mention Daniel Jeremiah's uh, top 50 rankings, and I was looking at it earlier today as, as well. He has Jalen Waddell as the fifth best player on his board. Also, and I think I brought this up on the pod, uh, a draft book that I read Smith every is year. six, right? Doesn't he has him back-to-back maybe? I know he had Demonte Smith is high too for him. Hold yeah, on, he hold has look. Smith at six. Smith so at six. So Waddell got, five, Smith six. Right, and he's got Jamar Chase three. So uh, he has Chase higher than both of them. But Waddell at five, Smith at, at six. You can get either of those players at 12. I mean, my, my only concern with Waddle, and it's not a huge concern, but just the fact that he missed so much time with that ankle injury last year is not ideal. But then you look at what he did in those few games beforehand, and he was just absolutely dominating. So I'm confused. I'm, I'm a little, you know, conflicted on how I would grade Waddle versus Smith. But I think if you get either of those guys at 12, it should be considered a win because again, it's six like, and I like Jamar chase the best of the three, but we don't actually know who's going to end up being the best player. Like For we sure. can all agree that For we sure. think chase is going to be the best one, but it wouldn't I mean, shock look, me. We, look last year, last year, three receivers taken before Justin Jefferson. And they all look like they're going to be good players, particularly Judy and, and C lamb showed a lot, but the best receiver in the draft, maybe the best player in the first round was taken with the 22nd yeah. pick. Do you have a preference on Waddle versus Smith? Um, no, I don't. Honestly, I thought my preference was Smith. And then, you know, I you see people talk about Waddle and you look at what he did before he got hurt and, and the type of prospect he was prior to that. And I think he just, I get him on a football field more, but I think Devontae Smith, it seems like, is one of those guys this year where, you know, I think we're maybe not, I think we're looking too much at, oh, he's so frail and all this, but not like the fact that this guy is just dominated. 
like dominated. Yeah. But every steps on the field, it's the same thing we talked about Justin Jefferson last year. Everyone's like, oh, well, can he be an outside receiver? Turns out he can because he's awesome. You know, like I think that I think people are going a little overboard with the Devontae Smith concerns. So I, I honestly, truly would be happy with either of those guys. I I think in my gut, if I'm honest with myself, Devontae Smith is the one I like more. But it's really close. So I think I'm pretty clear on the on the Devontae Smith Devontae Smith side. I, I think he reminds me of Justin Jefferson in the way that he just dominated in the big games, right? You look at his last two games, I think he had six touchdowns over his last two games, over 150 yards, 140 yards in each of those games. And when we I mean, look, we went back and listened to the pods from last year. We were probably saying a lot of the same things about Justin Jefferson in the way like Yes, there's concerns, but that dude just dominated. And I think that the lesson to be learned from Jefferson is don't overthink it with these guys. Like, and I understand that Smith is undersized at once. I think he weighed, he's listed at 174. I don't think he's weighed in this offseason, which is kind of interesting because I would think that if he had weighed more, he would want to weigh in to kind of alleviate some of those concerns. So maybe he's not even 174. He does look skinny. But ultimately, it just seems silly to me for me to say, all right, I'm going to not take Devonta Smith because he weighs 175 versus Jalen Waddle. I mean, he's only 184 and 10 pounds isn't a super small amount, but Devonta Smith was the best receiver in college football last year. And I think what makes him special to me is yes, his size. Again, I, we'll see how he adjusts to NFL level athletes in terms of getting off the line of scrimmage and all that. He's an excellent route runner. He's got phenomenal hands. I just, he seems like a sure thing to me. And I wonder how the Eagles would use him. I mean, I guess you could line him up really wherever, but I, I think at twelve, if you could get him at twelve, end up with the, ended up with the other first round pick, that's a great outcome. And just again, because Waddle didn't play last year, and I don't mean to overstate it, but it's just worrisome to me that he missed that time with ankle injury. Yeah. It just is. And you know, again at twelve, like you want to take as little risk as possible. And to me, it's a bigger deal that Waddle missed time with that ankle injury than it is that Smith weighs 10 less pounds. Yeah, than, than well, Waddle. it's like, oh, everyone's like, oh, Smith, he's so small, he's going to get hurt. Waddle did get hurt. Like, Waddle was the yeah, one who was yeah, actually right. hurt. Smith, right? Smith didn't. Exactly, right, right. that's and my point. I saw some tweets earlier talking about how, and this gets a little bit into like the debate of injury prone, what is injury prone, what's not, is every because everybody gets injured in a lot of ways. But like Julio Jones has suffered injuries and he's huge. You know what I mean? Like guys get hurt. Like it is what it is. So I, I just think if, if Smith's size was such an issue, he wouldn't have won the Heisman. You know, like you 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 can't tell me that him if he weighed in at 184, we'd be excited about him because he's 174. It's like you can't take him at 12. That just seems silly to me when he's put up those type of numbers. And again, he didn't. It's not like he was also playing at like North Dakota State. You know, I mean, he was playing in the SEC. He was playing for Alabama. He was going up against guys that are going to be NFL players. You know, so I, I just I, I don't think the. uh I've thought a lot about it, and I just I'm officially on the size on the side of I do not care how much he weighs. Like I, it's not an issue for me. I would be all in on Smith at twelve. Yeah, me too. And me too. I, again, I think this whole process somehow, some way, and again, I think Jefferson's the perfect comp. Like it's the like, same thing. It's a different reason for it. You know, it's that the slot thing versus the other, but a different reason, but the right. same exact idea of a guy who just dominated every chance he got at a big massive school in big massive games. Like, take that guy. <laughs> take that guy. That guy's awesome. Yeah. He's an awesome football player. I'm with you. So I think Devontae Smith and then Waddle second, my my top two choices at that though That's who I want, Elliot. Like we did the, I yeah, want Jamar Chase. Player. I want those I want guys. Now here's yeah. my concern. I don't think Howie Roseman's gonna take one. And it's not just because they're Alabama players, though, you know. I'm just saying. I mean, if you, if you could draft it is out, wild that he just never drafts. He's never done it. I understand. I mean, it's, it's insane. It's like your favorite stat to bring up, Because it, it's I've so heard, hard yeah. to believe. Like, this guy's been in charge for so long, and you've never drafted an Alabama player? How does that make any sense? Yeah, it's it makes no sense. Now, <laughs> no. The, now, the the like, if I had to rank the, the positions at how he values, obviously quarterback, offensive line, defensive yes. line. After that, though— I don't know what I would put next. Maybe cornerback. I think cornerback too. And then, but receivers up there somewhat. I mean, look, he hasn't used an an elite level asset on one. He hasn't paid one a ton of money. The Alshon deal was semi significant. And I guess you can argue he uh, over ended up overpaying Deshaun, considering Deshaun's age. But you know, the Jalen Rager pick in the first round—that's a decent uh, level um, asset. The JJ Sega second round pick—that's you know that's not nothing either. So he has shown a willingness to do it. So although you know I don't think it's above offensive line and defensive line, like receiver is not super far down his list either. 
Yeah, I, look, I'm with you. I just worry with the three cornerbacks there who are all potentially going in that range. We'll have to see how much Farley drops because of the back thing and all that. But three and I'm cor- not in on a corner. For I'm not either. I, I, I really I think it's going to be J.C. Horn. If I had to pick right now today, J.C. Horn's the guy I think they're going to The J.C. Horn prediction feels like such a... a how we pick. Yeah, I, well, it just it, seems like such like a pick that you're saying because you don't like Howie. So like that's perfect, the pick though. that would aggravate you the most right, if they take JC. Okay, could you see that happening? Well, all right. Yes, I could kind of. Yeah, if, what I would say is yes, but if Jonathan Gannon is really going to be playing a lot of zone and not a lot of man, like you don't need an elite level corner. And I'm not just. I'm not saying that zone. I feel like you know the Richard Sherman debate from a few years ago. Not that zone corners don't have to be good, but at the same time. You already have Darius Slay on one side, and you, do you really need an elite level shutdown corner if you're going to be doing zone? Like I just don't know. So I do. We do know how uh, Jeffrey Lurie thinks you win by throwing the ball. Clearly, receivers help with that more than cornerbacks do. So I think it's either going to be offensive line, defensive line, or receiver. I actually don't think they're going to take a corner. Uh, look, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I, I just, and you're right. I, I part of this is colored by by my disdain for Howie, but it's because of his drafting. Like that's where the the heart of the disdain comes from. So until he proves me wrong, I need to see him do it. Um, the lineman, you mentioned that. Um, I think offensive line clearly, according to the Jeremiah's and all the people out there, it seems like the top offensive linemen and Sewell and Slater are above the top defensive linemen. But we talk about the Eagles, and you, you look at the way they're shaped up, even for the next couple years, like not just this season, but the next couple years. And and you would have to say, and again, back to our earlier conversation, best player, need all that stuff. Offensive tackle, while premium, isn't close to as big a need as you have at other positions, whether it's Mylotta turning into something. Dillard, still on the team, who the hell knows? And, of course, Lane Johnson here, and then Jack Driscoll looking like a solid backup, at least, for Lane yeah. on the right side. How do you weigh that if you're the Eagles, and how do you think Howie will weigh that if if he's sitting on the board? And, and look, I don't think Sewell drops. You never know, though. I mean, Jeremiah Asim is his 12th best player in the draft, so who knows? Um, but Slater, I think, very likely could be there as well. If, if one or both of those guys are sitting there at 12, what does Howie do? It's interesting because the other thing with offensive tackle and really offensive line in general is it's the one position where Howie has had luck finding some talented guys late, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Vitae, yep. uh, you mentioned Driscoll, Mylotta, obviously. Uh, say Amalu, third round, not super late, but not a first or second round pick, or even, I don't even think he was a high third round pick, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, he has had luck finding those guys late. I think when you have Jeff Stoutland there, maybe you don't have to take as much of a pro-ready guy because you, you trust him to develop him. But the other thing about tackle is, as much as you're right, like there's Driscoll, there's Mylotta, there's Dillard, there's Johnson. I mean, do you feel great that in two years any of those guys will be clear-cut starters? I don't know. I mean, because Johnson's, you know, no, he, I don't think you he hope, was obviously you injured hope, last no. year, but you never know. Uh, Dillard uh, might be terrible for all we know. He didn't have a good training camp, and then he missed the whole year. And Mylotta, you know, was up and down. I thought he overall was a successful year for him, but wasn't what you want out of your left tackle on a week in a week out basis. So on one hand, if they sit there and they're going, you know, all right, Slater's on the board. And I like Slater more than, uh, more than Panay Sewell. If I was up to me, I would take Slater. That's a take right there. I like that. He plays, he plays against better competition. You know what I mean? Like he just does like he, he, he guarded, he, he blocked chase young, like those type of things. So I'm just more in on him, but Panay Sewell at 12 or, I mean, if, if they're there, I don't know. I wouldn't do it, but you're right. I could see how he potentially doing it. But the interesting thing is if you do, then what does that mean for my lottery Dillard? Because your number 12 overall pick is starting week one. Like yep. he just is. I, I know Dillard ended up not, but, but Panay Sewell, if you draft Panay Sewell or Slater, they have to start over Jordan Mylotta. And then the Dillard thing, you know, I don't know how you weigh that out in terms of pow- like power structure, but if you take one of those guys, they have to start, right? Yeah, I think they have to start for sure. Yes, at the 12th pick of the draft. Yeah. So so that's a that's a tough spot, which is why I wouldn't go tackle too. I just I really view this offseason as a chance to rebuild the skill position players. And then you can do the offensive and defensive line layer. There's just not any short, sure, uh, short things or even Gregory Rousseau, who great athlete, has certainly had, you know, a successful college career and all that. But man, like 
if he's such an elite pass rusher, why is he falling? You know, why do people think he might be there at 12? Like these edge rushers, if they're that good, don't fall that, that, that low. Right. So even if him being there at 12 would make me a little bit weary of taking him. Yeah. I, I get that too. I just, I can see how he taken whoever the best edge rusher on the board is, whether it's him or pay. Like I could, I can see that. Like, but it and it does make some sense. As much as I hate it, like it is a more important position. You just, I don't know. It's a it's a risk. You know, like you you got to be right. Like if you're gonna reach even a little bit, and I think pay is a reach at twelve. I think so worth. too. And for what it's worth, uh, D- Jeremiah has him at fourteen, but that's the highest I've seen him. Um, I, I think it would be a reach. He's undersized too, right? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, he is. That is correct. Man, Mad Mike is this Brandon Graham 2.0 right oh, here. Oh, buddy, look out! Oh, buddy, oh, yeah, buddy. Look, I um, I'm just nervous, and and again, I, I, I need to see how he take the guy I want him to take <laughs> to to believe he's gonna do it. You know what I mean? Or take that, make. The so it's move. up to you, if it's up to you right now. Your pick at twelve would be Devonte Smith. Smith if he's there, Jalen Waddle if he's not there. One of those two would be my pick. All right, what about non-receiver? Who would be your pick? Um, that's again, where, not, it's tough to know who's, no, be I know, there, I know that's where it gets tough because, um, I, I think I would want to take one of those offensive tackles, but as we just outlined, like I just, I have so many needs on my team that it's hard to, to justify that, you know? So, um, yeah. I don't know. Certain. I, 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 yeah, I guess. Hey, certain potentially. And again, I just talked about, I didn't want to take a cornerback. Mark, Micah Parsons, Elliot. So that was actually. Can I interest who you in some Micah Parsons? Really? Yeah. Tell me why. Yeah, I think I would. I mean, because again, and I know I said fit shouldn't be a huge deal here and everything, but your linebacker core is so barren right now. Really, anything other than, and I like Alex Singleton somewhat, but then like TJ Edwards, like those type of guys. Micah Parsons, I know, will start from day one. He could be a game changer in the middle of the defense. I do have Darius Slay a corner on the other side. I like what I have at tackle. I don't know. I, I think to me, like Parsons would be my pick there. Wow. If it's not, Look, if it's not either of the would, other, uh, if it's not Waddle or uh, Smith. Smith, wouldn't it be something to have an Eagles linebacker flying around out there, making plays, making tackles? What a thought, Elliot. What a people thought. would, the people would be happy. I think they I would. Think, I think I, people would be happy. I think you think they'd they be happier with Parsons or Sertain? Parsons. I agree with I you. I think so too. I do too. I do, look, it's going to be fascinating. We're obviously going to be talking about it all the way up to the draft. Let us know. Tweet us. Let us know who you think is the pick at 12, and obviously we'll get a lot more into that. I have, an, I have another draft thing I want to ask you about because it came up today on the Midday Show. Uh, but right. first, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Elliot and I have, have literally spent the last two weekends just obsessed with college hoops and being locked in. Having a blast with this thing. It has been so much fun using the Park Casino Sportsbook app. Betting on these games now. If Elliot and I had, had listened to Eli, we probably would have made more money, but we love yeah, parlays. Yeah, I think Eli was like We love parlays. What do you want us day? to do? Yeah. What do you want love us to parlays. do? We what love is- parlays. Like, they're fun. It makes it fun. This is all about having fun, Elliot. Well, I think we reached another level of sickness last week when we placed a four-team parlay, and then when that one failed, we immediately placed the same parlay with the remaining three teams. So, yeah, so we placed a four-team parlay. The first game loses. We're like, well, let's go with the other three. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Didn't work. It didn't work, but but here's the thing. We're going to keep fighting. We're going to keep punching. We're going to keep trying to earn those shekels because it's shekel season. And you should be doing it, too. Download the Parks Casino Sportsbook app. My guys at the Parsino Sportsbook app have an incredible offer, and they make it so easy. It's our sportsbook app of choice. Right now, new customers can sign up and get a free $50 sports bet with no deposit required. That is an amazing deal. Check out the Park Sportsbook app for a complete list of all the action, plus live in-game play-by-play betting. That is a wild ride. It is super fun. Again, that's a free $50 sports bet with no deposit Required. Make your first bet. Futures better. Live in-game bet. Spread teaser parlay. A free $50 sports bet for new customers. No deposit required. Just download the app or go to parkscasino.com slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S. Again, that's P-A-R-X casino.com slash PA. And again, our promo code GOBIRDS. This is a great deal. You want to do it now. You must be 21 and present in Pennsylvania. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
As always, you must be present in Pennsylvania. Bet with the home team. Bet with Parks Casino Sportsbook. All right, Elliot, a few more things I want to talk to you before we get out of here. Last thing on the draft for me. Um, and again, we're obviously going to talk way more draft heading into it. Um, but uh, a name came up in the midday show today that I we haven't talked about at all. Uh, and an interesting thought. Now, I don't think there is... I think there is very little chance he will be available with the Eagles' second-round pick. But if he is, and I am so with you. Again, I don't think he'll be there, so I don't think it's going to matter. But I, like you, Elliot, think Najee Harris is an absolute yes. stud. Like, that guy's a yes. stud, man. He's a stud. I I agree 100%. I would be all in on taking Najee Harris at number 37. And again, maybe he doesn't get there. But the one benefit of being that high in the second round is – you know, if he makes it out the first, you could try to trade up to that first spot there and potentially take him. And I know you have Miles Sanders, and I know the positional running back. I can't believe I'm saying I'd take a linebacker in the first and a running back in the second. I mean, you know, it's not really ideally <laughs> like what you want Eagles out of positional value time, there. Yeah. But, like, Najee Harris is just going to be great. Like, I have no doubt about it. He is going to be an impact player at the next level. And that's what you want. Like, that's what the Eagles need more than anything. And the idea of Miles Sanders and Najee Harris combined together Ooh. in the backfield – it could change the offense. Like, it, you know, it makes your offensive line better. It makes life easier for Jalen Hurts. It just, it makes life easier for Miles Sanders. As much as I like Miles Sanders, and me and you were all in on Miles Sanders last year. Would we think he was going to have over 1,800 yards? Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was on the parks, total yards, something like that. So we were all in on him. Didn't he, he had a bit of a down year. I think he struggled somewhat to stay healthy. I, I would just, I would take Najee Harris at 37. Again, without knowing who's there and you have to readjust and everything. I'm throwing positional value out the board if Najee Harris is there. That dude is going to be amazing, and I think he would he would just be such a great asset on the Eagles' offense. Uh, I I love him. I love him. I love him. Love him. He's a stud. Like you watch that guy play, and I, you just he jumps off the screen. It feels like that yeah. guy is absolutely going to excel at the next level. So I'm with you. I, again, could I you think, imagine if if they take oh, Devonta Smith at can number you twelve? Imagine? Najee Harris at thirty-seven. Oh, he's and like, oh, I don't take Alabama Hurts. players, guys, yeah. huh? What? Yeah, suck it, Seltzer. Yeah, all my the three most fucking important positions are going to be all <laughs> Alabama players. Sadly, so. sadly, I don't think that's the way it's going to shake out. But no, I, very again, I still need to see how he take an Alabama player before I believe he will take an Alabama player. Uh, but I'm with you. Najee yeah. Harris is awesome. I don't think he'll be there, but I love that guy. All right, uh, I want to get to the Russell Wilson thing, but we have uh, some breaking news. Elliot, on the oh, show. just about to tell you that. Uh, You're yeah. always on top of it. I mean, now this is like the breaking news of the variety where it's like, Everyone knows it's going to happen. It's just official now. But breaking news nonetheless, Elliot, everyone, Schefter, and then everyone else, uh, 17-game season is official. It is happening. We will have a 17-game NFL season this year. What do you think? You know, on one hand, obviously a 17-game schedule. Like, growing up, and that, this makes you sound old, but, you know, like, predicting someone to go 6-10, and 10-6, and 12-4, like, those things, I like that, right? Like, it feels right to me, a 16-game schedule, but used to not even be 16 games. At the at the end of the day, I guess more football is a good thing, right? Um, from an Eagles perspective, it helps them this year because they're going to play the Jets, whereas the rest of the division will play the Patriots, Bills, and Dolphins, who I think will all be considerably better than the uh, than the the Jets will. So it helps Eagles from that perspective, but it's just going to be weird, like 10-7, and 7. It's going to be a final record, you know, seven and 10. I guess you won't be able to finish eight. You won't be able to finish 500 unless you have a tie. Yeah. So that'll, so that'll be a little more exciting. I think that's better finishing. You should have to finish with a winning or losing record. Finishing eight and eight seems a bit lame. So I, I like it overall. One more road trip, you know, fans of Philly will, will be out there. So I guess I approve of it, but as two people, and I'll speak for you when I say this, that do not like change. It does. It does seem a little weird. <laughs> yeah. You can speak for me there. It is that that part of it I already hate, you know, six and eleven, you know, five and twelve. Like hate it. Hate it already. I'm out on it. I hate it. I like the way it sounded before. I'm with you on that. But forgetting that, because yes, that is old man yelling at a cloud stuff. But on a basic level, I don't like this. And and it look, I I am like everyone else. I get an extra game of football an extra Sunday. Like, that's awesome. Like I love football. I want it. I just don't think this is the best thing for the NFL. I, I think that I mean, we already see teams just obliterated by the time they get to the playoffs. Yeah. With injuries. I mean, it is. We have the, the last three years, certainly with the Eagles and really across the league, but particularly the Eagles, we've talked about how, like, never seen injuries. Like, the whole team, it's the whole team, like, all this type of stuff. And that's only going to get worse with an extra week. And I don't know. It just, like, the NFL is getting a whole buttload more money because of it. So I get it. I know why it's happening and stuff. But, like, 
you know, the players aren't getting as much out of this as they should. I, I, I'm very staunchly on the, the players' side in terms of the players versus the owners and all these types of things. And, and look, the players are upset about it, and they're, they're big force into it, essentially. I mean, Kamara came out and already called it dumb. And look, the players' union has to agree and all that, but I just think they've been run very poorly. And they're a union without a lot of power compared to, like, the baseball players' union or the NBA union or whatever. And um, I just don't think it's smart. I don't think it's smart for those guys. I don't think it's smart for the the health of the league long term. I I think it's a money grab, very clearly. And, you know, I don't love it. I really don't. I I think it's a mistake. Yeah, I think it's one of those things in a few years we won't even ever think about it again. Like, it'll just be 17 games and it is what it is. that's the way it always happens. Um, I don't. You know, obviously, I guess the more you play, the more likely injury it is. I don't know if I can say having one more game makes them at severely more risk for injury. You know, I just I don't know that, right? I mean, maybe someone well, who definitely more risk gets hurt. You can, you can, yeah, you there's can more say risk. they're, they're yeah. playing an extra game. They're doing an extra week. So yes, there's more right. risk. It's a question of right. how much more risk, of course. Yeah. So ultimately, again, I think in a few years, well, it'll just feel normal to us, but. It'll be weird, like I said, ten and seven, those type of things. And I guess, look, as one of the few people that's been optimistic, optimistic about the Eagles for next season, I do think them getting to play the Jets versus the rest of the division is a good thing. So this helps my prediction of the Eagles being better than people think. And ultimately, <laughs> I guess that's that's really all that matters. That's what matters, yes. They will still lose to the Jets, I'm sure. How about that, Elliot? Um, oh my God! <laughs> all right, a couple more things before we get out of here. Uh, Russell Wilson, it's come up. Uh, you know, kind of as we've talked about the picks that they have and are they going to, you know, the Deshaun Watson thing we talked about last time, that's obviously a unanswerable question right now. A um, lot to be sorted out there. Um, yes, but to the, say the least. But the Russell Wilson thing, that, that, you know, extra layer isn't there. The question is, I don't know if Russell Wilson would want to come here. That's a whole separate discussion. But just on the face of it, should the Eagles be players in the Russell Wilson thing? So I'm skeptical that they're going to trade Russell Wilson. I, I it, When this all first started, it did feel to me like he would definitely be traded. I've changed my opinion on that a little bit. But in a world where, let's say, Russell Wilson is willing to come here and the Seahawks are willing to trade him, I don't know, man. Like, I'd almost rather just go with Jalen Hurts or, or trade up for Fields or something like that. I just And I know that... 32 isn't super old for a quarterback anymore, and Russell Wilson is still really good. And if they get Russell Wilson, they're – I don't know if they're the favorite in the division, but certainly odds change. And I think you view their season, you know, completely different with Russell Wilson next year. But I just like the idea of going with a young quarterback. I like having the the draft picks that it would take. I mean, three first round picks is probably conservative with what it would take to get him. You're probably looking at all four that they have if you assume that the Colts is a first. So I'm I'm gonna give up on Jalen Hurts and give up four four first round picks. I just that's so much to me. So even though I understand that if you have a chance to get Russell Wilson, you do it. Like I get that. But I just have to be honest and saying after the Carson saga, like I'm just ready to take a deep breath at quarterback, to have a year, to see what Jalen Hurts can do, to have all those draft picks. That's that's the path I would I would like to go if it was up to me. Me too. Look at us on the same side. Oh, how about that? Yeah. How about that? I was expecting I, something else. I just, look, I get it. I think you made it. Look, Russell Wilson, he's only 32. He'll be 33 this year, which is notable. But um, he is, uh, you know, you get the chance to get a guy at that age of that caliber. It's, it's You probably shouldn't say no. I just think that the Eagles are not in a position where it makes sense for them to get Russell Wilson right now. Like, what do we want to be? Like, the the – 10th best team in the NFL, the 8th best team in the NFL. Like, this needs to be rebuilt. This team, if we're going to talk about winning Super Bowls again, right? Like, trading for Russell Wilson is a a Band-Aid on an axe wound. You know, it's like, will it make them better? Mm. Absolutely. It sure will. But does it make them great? Does it make them a Super Bowl competitor? No, it doesn't. And you're basically just wasting the next few years of Russell Wilson's career. Um, well, I don't know about the next few no, years. I mean, right. the Eagles, this year, this year, yes. And then he's 33, almost 34, and 34, almost 35, and so on and so forth. And I think he'll age okay. I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't think he's going to fall apart, but it just doesn't feel like the right move for the Eagles right now. Yeah. And again, I like the excitement of going with a young quarterback. Like, I understand that Russell Wilson's clearly, obviously, better than Jalen Hurts is right now and all those things. But it's exciting to me that it's gonna have, they're going to have a young quarterback and we're going to see what he's going to do. I like the idea of having all those draft picks. Like, with Carson, and this isn't Carson's fault, so I'm not blaming him, but when you have a quarterback that is on a max level deal or of the 
you know, level that uh, Russell Wilson is, there's just all this pressure to win right away. Like if they got Russell Wilson, they would have to be a playoff team next year. Like that would be the expectation, right? Uh, with Carson, that's what it always was because you paid Carson. He was at that point of his career. And, you know, clearly I think the Eagles' objective to be should winning uh, to, should be to win. I'm not saying that you don't want your objective to be that. But ultimately, I like the excitement of seeing what Jalen Hurts can be. Like win-loss next year, we'll see. I don't know what I'm going to pick for their final record. But I know it'll be exciting to watch Jalen Hurts each, each week and watch him grow and see what he can develop, develop into. And I still believe in him. Like I don't – again, predicting he'll be Russell Wilson is extreme. We're Russell Wilson and we had – this debate actually prior to the show last week, like where would he rank on all time quarterbacks? But he's up there. I mean, he's, you know, top 30, top 20. I forget what we came up with. So predicting Jalen Hurts to be that is is outrageous off of a few games. But I want to see. I want to see what he can be. And going all in and on a quarterback right now just doesn't feel like the move. Yeah. They, they just don't feel ready for that as a team and as an organization. And, and to your point, I mean, Jalen Hurts is. A- now, do you think they'll do it, though? No, I don't. I don't. I don't either. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm with you. I don't think Russell Wilson is getting traded. And I don't think Russell Wilson would want to come here, ultimately. Like, if he can control his destination, I don't think we would be towards the top of the list right now, which is where we're at right now. But I, Yeah, I, I think he'd go to Chicago. That look, was, that like was a rumored said, one of his Jalen Hurts is a decade younger. A decade. I mean, you know, that's a decade of quarterback play you could theoretically have with Jalen Hurts if he works out. The, yeah. You know? So, yeah, I'm with you. All right. Uh, two last things before we get out of here. Uh, Ertz, just to follow up, it seems like, you know, we're kind of, you know, they've gotten under the cap. They did what they need to do from a salary perspective. The one kind of hanging thing that's still out there, the what's going to happen with this guy, you know, what's the deal, is Zach Ertz. Like, they got under the cap without having to do the Ertz thing, and now Ertz is kind of just waving in the wind. You know, the whole, like, they obviously didn't cut him for free agency, like, to give him a chance to go find a place before jobs filled up. Like, they decided not to do that. So, um, it means they thought they could trade him. They think they can trade him. Where are we at with this? You know, I'm kind of waiting for the Spadero article to drop where it's like the Eagles and Zach are excited for one more season together <laughs> and that type of thing. I mean, I'm really excited to work with Jalen Hurts. It's going to be great. Yeah, like, you know, Zach knows how much he loves Philly. Ultimately, he decided he wanted to be back. Zach sat down with Nick Sirianni, and he was so impressed. He said, I have to be a part of this. Exactly. Yeah, I saw Kelsey (laughs) come back, all those things. I mean, at this point, seriously, why would you trade Zach Ertz for a fifth-round pick? Like, why? I mean, if, 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 you know, and I, I know we're on slightly different levels on what the team could be next year, but you do want to try to give your quarterback some help. You want to see, you know, to judge Sirianni and Sirianni and all those things. Like if you're not going to all out tank, which they're clearly not doing, then Zacherts makes a lot of sense. I mean, why trade him for a fifth round pick? Seriously, Zacherts can help the team next year. He can be a good locker room guy for Sirianni to help build his culture. He can be good for Jalen Hurts. If you're getting a third, fine, do it, I guess. But for a fifth or sixth round pick, I'm not trading Zacherts, and I'm certainly not cutting him at this point. Yeah, I look, I agree, but I also would have given him a chance to go out and find something, right? Like I would, we talked about. Yeah, but this. that ship sailed. You I know? know, I know. At this point, I agree with you. You're at the point where it's like, at this point, you can't cut him. Like, what's the point at this point? It's already you ruined. Well, and they did you give ruin him the permission to seek a trade. Thing. So, yeah. you know, he was able to look at his value out there. Maybe it's not there. Yeah, well, it, uh, it's not there. I think it's very clear it's not there, or else Zach Ertz would be on another team right now. Don't you think that? Like, yeah. Agreed. Oh, I mean, now, now maybe the Eagles asking price really was too high. Like maybe the Bills or Chargers were interested in him and the Eagles really weren't willing to give him up for anything more than a third. And if that's the case, then I don't see why that would change. Like, I don't see why all of a sudden, now maybe around draft time, maybe they plan to hold him through the draft. And if a team that thought they were going to get a tight end doesn't get one, then they up their offer for Ertz. That's certainly possible. But if you hold him all the way to the draft, I mean... At that point, you're not cutting him. So just keep him at that point. Maybe even redo his deal, honestly. Like lower his cap it this year, commit to him for two more years. I don't think that's the end of the world. I just the, it's the not gonna happen. I just don't think that's gonna I, I agree it's on the end of the world. I don't think it's I didn't think happen. he'd be here still though. Yeah, I didn't either. So so what's the prediction? As of right now, uh March thirtieth, what's the deal? Do you think Zacharis will get traded? Do you think he will get cut? Do you think he will stay on the team? You don't have to predict it. I do not think he will be cut. That's my prediction. I don't think he'll be cut, but I guess I would say like 65%, 70% chance he's traded. Okay. All right. Interesting. All right. uh, What about you? I I think they trade him. I just don't know. During the draft? Yeah. I think eventually whatever the best offer is, they take it eventually. 
You know what I mean? Like, I think eventually they say, all right, this is the best we can do. We're not going to keep Zach here for a year, unhappy, this whole situation. I, I think they'd rather trade him than keep him. But I could be wrong. You might be right. Like, it might make sense at this point, just keep him. Real quick, before we move on, I you know, you said to keep Zach and have him be unhappy. And look, he wasn't happy last year, and I'm sure he's not thrilled with how it's working out. But ultimately, I think that being able to seek the trade, finding his value out, all those things are eye-openers for Zach. Like, when he was free, when he, last offseason, you know, I think he still had dreams or they still thought that they could get like a huge deal and all those things. And I think having a rebound year for the Eagles being back in Philly, I don't know if he would be unhappy doing that. Okay. Uh, last thing before we get out of here, um, the new narrative with Nick Sirianni. Um, obviously we've been told the whole time, you know, how competitive he is and he keeps bringing it up and all that. But now the Eagles website and then Tim McManus with a piece and all this stuff where it's like, Oh no, no, you don't understand just how competitive Nick Sirianni is, the quote is exhaustingly competitive. He's quote-unquote a wild man. Don't play checkers with him, Elliot. You don't want to play chess with this guy. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> it's it's just it's so it's so demeaning to him, in my opinion. It, it like, makes this, it oh, it's horrible. It's such a bad, it's such a bad PR push. Like it's when, so bad. when I saw when I saw the quote exhaustingly competitive, I honestly thought this was in a setting where someone was making fun of him. I did or too, because you hear like, that, you're like, it, like it's exhausting. Like it's this guy's right. exhausting. Like he won't. I can't play a game of chess with him without it being the most annoying thing I've ever done in my life. Like this guy is so annoying. Like that would be my yeah, takeaway if I hear that phrase. It's so like again, it's demeaning. It's and it, it's not. I'm not even ripping Seriani. I'm ripping the narrative. Like the fact that you know what the. The team feels, and I guess what in general people are pushing about him is this like he loves the game so much. He's so energetic. Again, like I would hope so. I would really hope whoever <laughs> yeah. they hired to be the head coach was competitive. You know, like I, I certainly don't want to read an article <laughs> saying, you know, like, I yeah, have, I mean, he can take it or leave it. What a line. What a line. Yeah. I would hope I the, the person they hired to be head coach would be competitive. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. I played checkers with him. He really didn't care what the outcome was. He was <laughs> like, so those would be concerning things. But you're, you're just not convincing me that because he's so competitive that that's going to make him a better head coach. If anything, honestly, I like I don't want my head coach being extremely emotional to the point of like, you know, I, I we're taking this twelve steps too far. But if like during a game he's so competitive, is he gonna like control himself on the sidelines? Is he gonna, <laughs> You're like, right. Is is he gonna like make like hot headed decisions? I don't know. Like I, I do want my coach to be competitive, but I ultimately also want him to have a bit of a cool head and be able to like be calm. Like for whatever, and Doug was competitive, clearly, but Doug was calm on the sidelines. Andy, Doug didn't think about let his Andy. I mean, come on. Well, Andy, right. I mean, you know, it's it's sounding and clearly he's not Michael Jordan, but it almost they're trying to make him sound like he's Jordan in the way, like, you know, like you can't play like you said, like cards with them. You can't play anything. It's like that's not what I'm looking for in a head coach. I want Sirianni to be Super obviously smart. I want him to be a good people person. I want his players to like him. All those things. I don't want somebody that's going to go wild if he's losing checkers. Like I'm all right with that. So I just look like the Sirianni thing. I I wish they would back down from the whole talking about how competitive and how energetic he is because it's it's not compliments that you give about somebody that you think is super qualified for the job. Yeah, they're they're trying to like prop this guy up and and make it seem how great he is and everything they do makes him seem worse like stop just, just stop talking stop about talking him. about just him like just let him like... do his job that's right. it just stay away from it i i'm it's it's so hokey and stupid and let's be real like if he really is that competitive then i probably would hate him like if anyone yeah. knows that person because i know those people and i'm thinking of one person in particular in my head who i know who is a friend of mine and I hate him 50% of the time because he's such a dick when you do anything competitive. <laughs> Any sport, anyway, it's not fun. Like, he's not fun right. to play with because you're like, dude, like, we're trying to have a good time and hang out and play some sports. And you're making it like it's game seven of the, the NBA finals. Like, stop, man. Like, yes, I, I, it's, I a, agree. it's a, it's the word exhausting, right? And you hear and exhausting I know, and I know that Jonathan Gannon, the Jonathan Gannon quote in the story was supposed to be a good quote about him about how, like they they'll be in a meeting and Sirianni won't let something go and the next thing you know they're debating it for three hours. Like I didn't I, I don't know. Is that the way Gannon said too is like, bro, I gotta go. Like you know what I mean? Where it was yeah. like one of those where he's yeah, like, I exactly. got so I get so annoyed I just have to leave. I read it I right. I, I I took those quotes the exact same way you did, Elliot. Like it's like I 
this is not good. Like, <laughs> this yeah, like, this wow. is like, let's all take a deep breath. Like, Sirianni could end up being a good head coach. I'm probably a little higher on Sirianni than other people. I still think he's the biggest question mark on the team. But, like, you're not going to convince me to be excited about him by telling me how competitive he is. You're just not. So just just let it go. Let him just let him be him. You know, like, don't don't paint a picture of him that I think is, frankly, not flattering in general. Yeah, I, I 100% couldn't agree more. All right, Elliot, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I mean, honestly, like, and we talked about the beginning of the, of the pod, but it's a big shift going from six to 12. Like I'm trying to learn about all these guys now. And you know, you know, the names because they're at the top of the draft, but it's just, it's hard to know the intricacies of all these players so quickly. So at the beginning of the pod, we talked about them, you know, surface level stuff, but it is a, it is a big change just in terms of what my day to day is and trying to learn about these new players. They gave you some work. Yeah. They, Howie, Howie gave me some homework. <laughs> That there's been that, um, you know, outside of football stuff, I mean, it's, I guess we just live in a constant wind tunnel now. It's just always windy. I don't, I don't think we'll ever live in a time where it's not 30 mile an hour gusts of wind. <laughs> it just feels like that's what life is right now. I think we'll get through it. Elliot. Don't worry. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. every time I, a gust comes by, I'm like, Ooh, Elliot. I found a new website that says every hour what the average gust of wind's going to be, and I check it almost almost nonstop. I have three three uh, tabs open on my laptop where you I just check. You are a ridiculous human being. Yeah, so yeah. That's, that's where I'm at. <laughs> also, super quick, since I'm sure a lot of listeners of the Potter listen to the Midday Show, the Joe DeCamera Phillies jersey is amazing. Oh, and it's I hilarious. Honestly think Shout I'm out to one. Jeff is the name of the guy. Yeah. who ordered a Joe DeCamera Fantasy Camp Phillies jersey. It is one of the dumbest, most hilarious things that anyone's ever done. It's amazing. I mean, Im- imagine walking around a Phillies game with the Joe DeCamera jersey on. Yeah. that It's, it's better It's better than a Bryce Harper jersey. Is it, though? Is It, I, it is. I, I would think of it as more jersey. of like opening up your wallet, taking a $100 bill out of your wallet, and setting it on fire. Right in front Think of you. Think of the conversation starter. It's that, true. That is that is. That is true. You, let me at, let me ask. All right, let me say this: When you're at the game, who's coming up? Are you getting more people coming up to you for the Joe DeCamera jersey or for a Bryce Harper, uh, uh, Reese that, Hoskins? That's a fair or, point. That is a fair point. You're right. You're gonna get. That's yeah. I think it's a no-brainer. Oh man, you should get one. I might. I honest <laughs> to God might. I think it'd be funny. Please do. I I beg of you. The only Please. difference is I actually know Joe. I so know. I know. It would be a hilarious. little different than, you know, but it I think it's I think it's the best Phillies jersey out there. <laughs> oh, it's an amazing story. Right, it we, is. It's we're unreal. This. This, is, this is the best Phillies jersey out there. We we have jumped the shark today, Elliot, with that. <laughs> I wish I would have known this prior to coming on the show today. Oh man. All right. Uh uh I don't even know what to say. Later in the week, we're going to talk tournament. We'll do some betting stuff. Saturday, yeah, I got a some full NBA show. futures too. Ooh, some NBA futures, ooh. yeah. We've had more success betting NBA than college basketball. So we have, you know, yes. just saying. And then Saturday, full show, WIP. We're back. Golf clap, golf clap. Two hours is just so much better than one. Oh. The one hour, fun, but it's going to be fun to get back to the two hours, get all our normal callers in, the new callers, hopefully. So I'm excited for it. It's going to be awesome. Until then, he's Adam James. Talk to you soon. 